Okay, um, it's now 10.40. Um, good to see everybody again. Um, I can tell we're sort of getting used to this because people are turning up later. Eventually, mm -hmm. will there be a proper Thomas Wesley time, I think. So just a reminder um, that uh, if you're on the 8x8 uh, call, then keep yourself muted unless uh, you're actually saying something in part of the service, um, which obviously you'll need to unmute yourself for that. Um, our service this morning is being led by Andy, and it's a communion service, as he just let you know. So uh, get yourself some um, wine equivalent and bread. Um, notices uh, on the link, yeah. um, which you should have got on email, or if you haven't got it on email, it's available on the uh, website. I think that's... All I needed to say, so over to you, Andy. Thanks, Tim. The Lord guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So as we meet together this morning, let's remember that we're, we're meeting together, but we're meeting with God as well, and that God is with us. He was with us before we before we joined 8 by 8 and he'll be with us when we log out. He goes with us even in these darkest of times. Let's start our worship together by praying together um, the Lord's Prayer and remembering to stay on mute as Rachel leads us through the prayer. Thanks, Rachel. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Thanks, Rachel. Um, I cheated a little bit and sneaked one of the other readings from the lectionary in as my call to worship. Um, but now it's time for our actual Bible reading. So can I ask, um, who is it, sorry, uh, Fiona, to bring us our first reading, please? Okay, thank you. So the first reading is from John, chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. The Good Shepherd and His Sheep Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognise a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. 
whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fiona. Um, And now Mike is going to bring us our second reading from from Acts chapter 2. Okay, second reading is Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. The Fellowship of the Believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. Thanks, Mike. When I uh, when I f- first saw what the readings were this week, I thought, ah, great, John chapter 10, verse 10. And that's one of Rachel's favourites, and that's a good one to preach on. Um, <laughs> so as is the way with these things, that's not particularly what I'm going to speak about. Uh, <laughs> um, one of the verses that jumped out to me when we were uh, from that first reading was um, John chapter 10, verse 4. But it says, his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And then later on it says that the the sheep also run away from strangers because they don't recognise them. And that got me thinking, how do the sheep know? How do they learn which voice to trust and which voice not to trust? And if I'd been a bit more organised, I'd have asked the guy at work who's a farmer who has sheep. Um, but I wasn't organised enough to think of that until about two minutes ago. Um, so so I didn't. I could have given you the actual proper pocket answer rather than just what I've presumed. And what I've presumed is that they learn through experience or they learn through the knowledge of the rest of the flock that which voices to trust and which voices not to trust or which one voice to trust and which other voices not to trust. A kind of a flock knowledge, if you like. Uh, and and then, cheesy joke alert, I thought, is that what sheep are saying to each other most of the time? So someone will speak and all the sheep are going, bad, bad. And then if it's the right person, yeah, sorry, Tim. <laughs> if it's the right person, they're going, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what sheep are saying to each other all the time. They're telling each other which voices are bad and which voice to follow. So that kind of whole thing about recognising the right voice is something that happens quite a lot in our house. Um, In fact, even this morning, we were listening to a song on the radio and discussing which band it was. And I said, oh, that's going to be Lion of Judah. And Rachel said, no, no, it, it doesn't quite sound like them. And so I'm straight on the phone, look it up. I think you'll find, Rachel, that, yes, you're correct, (laughs) as usual. Um, And we do it with films as well. I'm always going, is that so-and-so from such-and-such a film? And she's going, no, I'm pretty sure it is. No, it's definitely not. And sure enough, it's usually not. (laughs) Um, 
And so there's there's something there in that, isn't there? That, that if I'm not sure which voice I'm hearing or which face I'm seeing, if that's one I've seen before in something else, then I should listen to the wisdom of Rachel and and tr- trust her trust her judgment. It's important for us as Christians to know Jesus' voice because all around us in the world there are so many other voices telling us things, selling us things, trying to pull us in this direction and that direction. And it's a bit like at the moment with um, all the fuss about misinformation coming out about coronavirus through Twitter and Facebook and WhatsApp and all these other things and people spreading all these stories that they've had. And is this right? Is that right? And nobody quite knows which to follow. And understanding which are the voices you can trust and which of the voices you can't trust, I think is getting harder and harder. And therefore, I think it becomes even more important for us to be able to distinguish the voice of Jesus in amongst the cacophony of other voices that, a bit like the thief in Jesus' uh, parable, ultimately will, will, will take us away from the full life that comes through following Jesus. All these other things that sound promising and sound convincing and sound so much like the real the real deal, um, and in fact they aren't, they're not Jesus, and they take us away from the full life that Jesus promises us in John chapter 10, verse 10, so I did manage to get it in. (laughs) So how do we learn to recognise the voice of Jesus then? How do we learn to separate Jesus' voice from all those other voices? Well, I think it's similar to the sheep. We learn through the experiences of others. We learn through the wisdom of of others. We learn from Rachel. (laughs) We learn from each other. We learn from the church. And I think that's what we're seeing there in in their second reading in Acts chapter 2. We've got a group of of believers. um, And a lot of people think, you know, by this point in Acts, all these thousands of people that are being added to the church daily through uh, after Peter's sermon, which is just before our reading in Acts chapter 2, um, and, and all these thousands of new believers, most of them would never have seen or heard Jesus. And so they devote themselves to learn from people who'd actually known Jesus and whose lives could bear witness to the power of the Holy Spirit. They could show that they were the real McCoy. They could be trusted to tell people what Jesus was like which was the right voice to follow? Which was Jesus' voice? Um, and it's interesting. Um, no, it's not. Not yet. It'll be interesting in a minute. Wait for it. <laughs> so what we're seeing, it's because I put my note in the wrong place. What we're seeing then in that passage is is the church becoming a place of encouragement and support and teaching. To the point where the people within that church, within that congregation, within that group, felt confident enough to share everything they had with each other. If someone had more than they needed, they felt quite happy to to give it away or to sell it to give the money to someone who didn't have enough because they knew that if they ended up in a similar situation, if they needed from someone else, that the rest of the group would provide for them. They didn't have to hold something back for a rainy day because they were all in it together. And it's interesting when I was sort of reading around and looking at different commentaries, this passage really scares the what's it out of Americans. 
because it sounds a little bit communist mm. and they're really not sure about that. Yeah. And there's so many uh, commentaries where they go, well, I think that was right for the time, but now things are a bit different. And I suppose the reality is, in certainly in, in Western culture, it's not really the done thing to sell everything you've got and give the money away. Um, because we, we've, I guess we've lost that trust that other people might do the same for us in a similar situation. I don't know. Um, I'm, trying, I'm digressing from my main point. So you can ignore that last couple of minutes. What was important was that sense of devotion, the absolute togetherness. They were all together in that place. And, and, and the bit that wasn't interesting before, but is interesting now, is that the word that Luke uses for devotion is the same one as he used in Acts chapter 1, uh, verse 14, if you want to look it up. Um, but it won't say necessarily devotion in your translation. About when the disciples had heard that Jesus had risen and they met with the, the women who'd been to the tomb and they met together and they prayed earnestly about uh, what was happening and what was going to happen. And they remembered that Jesus had promised them the Holy Spirit and they were praying about that Holy Spirit coming and they were waiting for it. And it was the same sense of devotion now um, after the Holy Spirit had come at Pentecost and, and, and uh, all these thousands of people who'd never seen or heard Jesus had, had joined this this fledgling church. So this this was more than just a bunch of people getting together for a first century TED talk or to share a meal together. This was a community living selflessly and sharing everything they had. Sharing spiritually, sharing material possessions, as it says, sharing physically, giving help to one another and sharing emotionally and supporting each other and holding each other up um, in prayer and in support. So if if they're more if, if they're more than just a group of people who meet together because they have a common interest and they get together to to eat together and and, sh and listen to a talk together then what is it that makes church church and not just a debating society or a social club of some sort well i think it's three things but i think it's important to remember that all of these are underpinned by the power of the Holy Spirit and that sense of looking for and seeking Jesus and trying to hear Jesus' voice. So I think it's security and guidance. I think church is a place where people can come and feel safe and seek guidance from one another, knowing that none of us has all the answers. We all need guidance from one another. None of us is ever 100% right except Rachel. Um, so the other thing that kind of links to that is, is a freedom to fail and a freedom to doubt. Dave Grimshaw spoke to us about, about doubting Thomas a couple of weeks ago. And, and that sort of sense that actually we should, we should be encouraged by Thomas's doubts or, or, almost kind of like scepticism or anything like that. And it, we all have those moments ourselves and we all have those moments where we go, is this really all true? Am I, am I just being deluded? Am I actually following the wrong voice? And it's when we come together and, and we meet with other people who are all kind of in the same boat and all sharing that same journey that we can be encouraged 
are not lifted, but actually still have that freedom to express those doubts and to try things and get them wrong and be supported when we get things wrong, to get up and try again. Um, and if you've watched the playlist, um, the the sixth video, the wee girl with the, the crash helmet doing all those crazy stunts, if you've not watched the playlist, I really encourage you to watch the playlist. There's a link on the, the church website um, where you can where you can see the playlist. Um, but one of the reasons why I put that video in is because that relationship between the wee girl and her dad, to me, just felt like a bit of a picture of the relationship between any of us and the rest of us as the church. And that constantly trying things and maybe getting things wrong and being supported and carrying on. Um, so have a watch of the video and, and draw your own conclusion. And if you disagree with me, that's that's fine, because it's still a good song. <laughs> and that kind of links to the last thing that I was going to say that makes church church. It's loving support. It's that kind of never, never letting one another down. Um, well, perhaps sometimes by accident, because we're all human. But then when we do let each other down, there's still that loving support for saying, yes, we know you didn't mean to let us down. That that togetherness. It struck me um, when I was preparing that one of the ironies of, of that second reading was about the believers all being together in one place and all sharing a meal together. And at the moment, we can't. But we are. We're all together here. This is one place and we're all together in it. In a moment, we're going to share communion together. And although we're separate, we're still together. So, having waffled on a bit, perhaps too long, and, and not been nudged by Rachel yet, but probably about to be, just some, some points to take away. Firstly, actually, if you're watching this on YouTube on Tuesday night or Wednesday morning or whenever you're free and not watching it right now, you're just as, just as much a part of us as if you'd been on this 8 by 8 stream or with us in the building if we'd been in the building or if you'd been watching it live at the time. You can watch this whenever and still be part of us. And if you've never made contact with us, go to the church website. There's a link at the top of the YouTube page. Click that to get to the church website. And there's a, there's a link there on the church website to get in touch with us because we'd love to catch up with you and find out how we can uh, support you. If you struggle to get to church, if you, again, if you're watching this on YouTube on a, on a Tuesday night and you can't get to church on a Sunday morning because you're a, a key worker who works shifts or you're busy with kids on a Sunday morning and, and you're watching it because they've gone to bed, find someone you can talk to. And that applies to all of us, especially at the moment when we're all separate and we're all in different places. Find someone you can talk to that will support you on, on your journey. The church is where two or three of us are gathered together. You know, Jesus promised that, that where two or three of us are gathered together, he would be with us too. So it doesn't need to be 20, 30 of us. There isn't a, a quorum that's required to make a group church, as long as there's two or three of you and Jesus is there too. So at this time, it's, it's more important than ever that we seek Jesus' voice, we hear Jesus' voice. If we're confident that we know Jesus' voice, then use that. Use that experience to support other people who aren't so confident. And especially out there in the big bad world, if you like, where people are 
are hearing all these mixed messages about things and everything's true and nothing's true, help people to determine which is the voice of Jesus and which are the voices of the thieves and the robbers who are ultimately going to rob them of, of the wholeness of life that Jesus brings. And let's encourage one another at every opportunity we can. You know, it's great to be able to meet like this. It's great to be able to meet at prayer meetings and at treats. And at other times, you should hear the carry on and laughter that comes from our little office that we've created when Rachel's on a, an eight by eight chat with the rest of the girls. It's fantastic to hear. Um, and I have to shut the door so the rest of us can get some peace and quiet. <laughs> but take every opportunity to meet together at the moment and to support one another. Um, and like I say, give everything we've got to one another, spiritually, materially, if that's what's needed, physically, which is harder to do at the moment, and emotionally, which I think right now is, is even more important than ever. So I'm going to stop there. In a moment, we're going to kind of, in a sense, put all of this into action by sharing communion together. If you've joined us a wee bit late and you didn't realise it was communion, you've still got time to, to sneak off and get yourself a, a piece of bread or something to eat and something to drink. I've seen it abbreviated as, as uh, bread and red, but it doesn't have to be something red to drink. Um, and if you want to really push the boat out, you could actually have alcoholic wine, which we don't normally get. But if you really want to, nice one, Fiona, I like it. Um, sorry, just out you there, as it were. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, um, we'll move on now and we'll have our uh, prayers for the local community in the wider world, which are going to be led by Stuart. Thank you, Andy. Let's pray. Lord God, we just uh, bring you now. We thank you for those words that Andy's just shared for us. We thank you that we are your fellowship. And though we're in our own homes in our, with our families, we pray, Lord, that uh, your presence will be with us and we'll know that we are joined together in your spirit. Lord, Today we bring to you the world. We know how difficult the world is at the moment. So many things going on. Lord, we thank you for those who are seeking to find a cure for the coronavirus. We pray, Lord, that you will give them all the wisdom and help that they need by the power of your Holy Spirit to come up with a vaccine, to come up with a solution to the problem we're facing. We pray for world leaders too, Lord. Help them to make wise choices, choices that help the poorest, those that will be affected the most by this virus. We thank you again for the key workers. And especially we think of those who perhaps don't get too many mentions. We think of those, Lord, who clean the streets and empty our bins for the postal workers, for those who care for people with disabilities and those who care for their sick and elderly relatives. We pray, Lord, for them and for all the key workers. Lord, keep them safe, protect them. 
and we thank you for them. And Lord, as your church, sometimes we wonder what we can do in these difficult times. But you've always said that we can turn to you in prayer. So, Lord, may this be a time where your church rises up in prayer. Help us, Lord. Guide us in our prayers. We pray, Lord, for the elders and in their decision making. And Lord, we pray for the church nationally and worldwide as a movement that's seeking to bring your love and your care to a world that has pain, a world that suffers. Lord, help us to be your bright lights in this world. We thank you, Lord, for your presence with us. As Andy said at the beginning, you are with us all the time and we can call out to you in prayer. And we thank you, Lord, that we can look forward to that day when we're together in each other's presence and in your presence. Lord, give us hope for that day. The day we can be together again as your fellowship. And so we ask, fill us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit and bless us all in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Stuart. OK, so we're going to move into time of communion now. Um, I'd like to suggest if you're watching and I'm big on your screen, if you press the button that looks like this in the bottom which is it left-hand corner, that corner, of, or probably that corner, I can't remember. Anyway, the button that looks like that, you'll be able to see everybody, and then we can all see together um, and see each other as part of that communion and that, that spirit of, of being together. Um, like I say, what we're using this morning doesn't matter particularly. We've got uh, a croissant and... Uh, which feels a little bit stale, but there we go. Um, <laughs> and I've got some Vimto, regardless of what it might look like. It's Vimto, that is. But whatever you've got is is perfectly fine. I'll do that bit, thank you. Right, let's go. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Apostle Paul writes... For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread... And drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. At the Last Supper, Jesus talked about being betrayed by Judas. And although it might not feel like it, we've probably all betrayed Jesus in our own ways. But the important thing is that we know that we can be forgiven through his death on the cross and his resurrection. So no matter how unworthy we might feel, if we've asked for forgiveness, we can approach God's throne with boldness, knowing that our sins are truly forgiven.
So we're going to pray together now um, just to bring our prayers to, to Jesus. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die as a payment for our sins. To put right everything that we'd done wrong. To tidy up the mess that we'd made of our lives, of humanity. We thank you that through his resurrection, we know that our sins can be forgiven. We know that death is defeated. And we know that you are the ultimate power in all of eternity. So, Father God, as we come before you this morning, we just ask that you will come upon us anew. Cleanse us of our sins. Forgive us for the mistakes we've made, for the times we've done things that we know we shouldn't, or the times we've not done things when we know we should have. We thank you, Lord, that we know we can be forgiven in Jesus' name. Amen. I forgot to change this bit on my notes. So it says, in a moment, the serving elders will bring out the bread and the wine. That's going to be hard to do. Um, so if you, uh, if you can uh, pick up your own bread. Um, and our own wine. This is the bread or the biscuit or whatever you've got is the body of Christ, which was broken for you. So as this bread represents the body of Jesus, or the body of Christ, as one body of believers, let's all eat together. You get the big thing. Body of Christ broken for you. No. <coughs> My mouth's gone really dry now. <laughs> so again, do you know what? I've forgotten to pray something. So we can edit this bit out for YouTube and we'll come back. Right. Sorry, folks. Right. Try again. Let's pray together. Sorry. <laughs> Father God, we remember the sacrifice of your only son, Jesus. His death and resurrection for the forgiveness of all our sins. As we eat and drink together, may what we eat be for us the body of Christ. And what we drink, the blood of Christ, by your Holy Spirit. As we eat and drink we are freely choosing to follow Jesus' commands and teaching in our lives and accept the forgiveness poured out. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm. I mean, it's only the bit that makes the whole thing actually communion rather than just a snack. Really sorry. You know when I said before about freedom to fail and, and carry on again? Okay, so the bread. <laughs> <laughs> 
biscuit, whatever. Have you got any left? <laughs> Thankfully, God works outside of time, and therefore, what we've prayed, hopefully, applies anyway. The body of Christ, which is for you, if you've got some, by all means, please take some. If you haven't, I'm sure it still counts for before. <laughs> I'm going to have a little bit this time. <laughs> and now the drink. I holy red. It's okay. So this is the blood of Christ shed for you. Let's drink together. That till you think, don't. And let's just uh, pray a short prayer once more. Father God, I ask you to bless everyone here. I ask you to uh, meet with them through the chaos and confusion of my slightly rubbish communion. I ask that you bless us regardless of my own mistakes and that you'll be with each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So now we're going to uh, end our time together uh, by seeing the grace, um, which is going to be led for us by Tim and, and Anne. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's let's do messy grace so we can do it all together. So if you can all take yourselves off mute, mm-hmm. we'll say it together. It'll sound dreadful, I expect, but we'll all we'll be able to say it as as one body together. So, mm-hmm. so grace. Well, Thank you very much for joining. Um, I think it's just gone on in the kitchen there, so uh, teas and coffee will be served. <laughs>